This is episode number 96 with Dan Chabelle. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. What is up, greats? Thanks so much for tuning in today. My name is Lewis Howes. Very excited about this episode with Dan Chabelle. And I want to start out this interview with a quote. And it's a quote by Theodore Roosevelt that says, do what you can with what you have where you are. Do what you can with what you have where you are. And I thought that was an, uh, an interesting quote to share today, just because I've been getting a lot of messages from younger individuals or individuals in transition who've been asking me, you know, I really want to be at the next level and I don't know how to get there and I'm struggling and it's frustrating and it's annoying and I feel your pain. I feel the pain and the frustration. But I want you to just think about this quote, do what you can with what you have where you are. It's all going to come if you do it all in order. So allow yourself to be where you are. Don't try to get ahead of yourself and do the best you can with what you have where you are. That's the quote of the day. Very excited about today's interview with Dan Bell. Fun fact about Dan, we met, I think, back in 2008. We did a, uh, a Details Magazine uh, photo shoot together with Gary Vaynerchuk and Seth Godin. We'll talk about that in the interview. But he's one of the guys that I saw early on, and I said, yep, he's got it. He's got the hustle. He's got the energy. He's got the passion. He's got the hard work. He's doing what it takes to get to where he wants. And uh, he's a really interesting guy, successful New York Times bestselling author, written a couple of different books. He's been featured in pretty much any news outlet you can think of. He's been featured in. He's also written for pretty much every any news outlet you can think about as well. I don't even know how he creates as much content as he does. It boggles my mind sometimes. I feel like he lives in just his apartment all day long writing content and doing interviews and on every TV show there is. So now let's dive into this interview with the one and only Dan Chabelle. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with benefits like four times membership rewards points that adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year and up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. From now until March 19th, Whole Foods Market is running their sales event, Taste the Mediterranean. It's a store-wide, flavor-packed journey of regionally-inspired selection. Save on Mediterranean-inspired flavors like Parmigiano-Regano, Charcuterie, and Ground Lamb. Find sales on animal welfare-certified meat. Save on seafood like Whole Bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. Stock up on wallet-happy Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles and whole wheat pita pockets. Wines from the sun-soaked vineyard 
vineyards of Spain, Greece, and Italy start at just $8.99. Must be 21 plus. Please drink responsibly. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. So many of us love coffee, like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home, or in my team's case, in the office, and it's a game changer. I was just chatting with a teammate of mine about our love for the occasional sweet treat coffee. Sometimes, it's just the thing you need as a pick-me-up on a busy day and we just stocked our office fridge with international delight cold foam creamer and it never misses the team's favorite flavor so far is the caramel macchiato you just shake the canister and spray it into your coffee and voila you've got an incredible cold foam coffee no frothing fancy machines or mess required international delight cold foam creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom the best part it works on both hot and iced coffee it comes in three foaming delicious flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. Welcome back everyone to the School of Greatness podcast. Got my buddy Dan Shabell on. What's up, Dan? Hey, happy to be here. Now, when did we first meet? It must have been back oh. in 2008. Is that is yeah, that what it was? Yeah, so I'm trying to go back in time. I feel like maybe Connie Benson introduced us like in 2007. <laughs> wow. 2007 I mean, might have been yeah. it. That's like when oh, I no, just it, started getting on like social media and blogging. Yeah, 2007 was my original year of networking. And I'm like always thankful for 2007 because I spent so much time with people and like giving and helping and connecting and all this stuff. And all a lot of those people are obviously like the rock stars of 2014, right? Because right. They were early on. They positioned themselves. They yeah. built niches. They built companies, et cetera. Who so. are some of those people? You know, Gary, I think Gary Vaynerchuk is one of those people. Yeah, he was. I mean, remember these. So basically, what I think we're both pretty good at is scouting people before they hit it big. Yep. And like, I think Gary was still like successful, but not like you know you could reach him. Yeah. And I, I feel like you know he's probably one. Uh, I mean, Seth Godin's already always been accessible, but like you know, some in my like immediate Gen Y network, like Ryan Pa. You know, I would say him, like, you know, he's much more successful now, but like, we're really good friends. Like, so, I mean, it's all across all levels. I yeah. mean, a lot of people who, anyone who really stayed with it and invested and really believed in what they were doing back then is, uh, is you winning. Know, winning right now. Correct. That's great. I mean, yeah, it's been a fun journey. You know, we've, uh, 2007, man, it's so crazy how both of us evolved over the last, uh, however many years it is now. Yeah. And I'm so weird like this too, because uh, like Jenny Blake, for instance, like uh -huh. we're really good friends in New York. We, she lives like two blocks over, but we just met a few months ago and I've talked with her since probably 2007 or eight. Insane. It's crazy. <laughs> and we, you know, this is like this whole, I was talking to my girlfriend about this the other day because I was like, funny thing, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to meet with uh, Bonnie Hari, who's the food babe, right? And, uh, you know, we, you and I and a bunch of people in this industry, we meet people all the time online. And we meet people through like what others have created online, their own personal brand, their 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 success whatever it may be their interest their content and we meet people online for like years and, and we ne we may never meet them in person 
we may talk to them over Skype or on the phone or just like tech. We just like go right to texting, but never actually meet people for, for years sometimes. And, um, you know, I was meeting with uh, Vani the other night and it was funny as I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm meeting this girl. She lands and then I'm like, I'm going to her hotel and we're going to dinner and she's really awesome and exciting. And I met her on the internet and it just, if you weren't in the, she's not in the, my girlfriend's not in the online industry at all. So if you're not in that space, it might be a little off putting like, wait a minute, you met a girl on the internet that you're meeting for the first time at her hotel. You're having dinner with her. She was like, really like, <laughs> was like, what's going on? But this is kind of the world we live in. I know it's, it's crazy, but my whole thing, the way I look at it, because I'm an introvert yeah, you is, are. is that using basically like the network I have, you shouldn't be able to have this as an introvert, right? Your network I mean, is ridiculous for, for being an introvert and, I, I and for being an introvert. Be, yes. It, because well, an extrovert. Yeah. But still, I guess so. But, but the thing is, is that I, I under, I understood early once social networks hit and, and were became popular that, oh, I can use this to connect to the right people, you know, without being kind of stressed out about that, like being in a social situation and walking up to some random person in a networking event, build those relationships, and then it's going to be very easy. Like I was just at this uh, Inc. Magazine event last week, and, you know, I had interviewed Simon Sinek a few times. I kind of built something with him and spoke at an event with him years ago. You know, I walked right over to him. It's no big deal. Why? Because we already had some sort of connection that was built in, in a very, uh, you know, online way, but he already heard of me. So it's just easier. And that means as an introvert, I'm less afraid. I'm kind of, you know, more open to doing something like that. So using the internet to filter and find the right people. And then, you know, in networking situations, it becomes so much easier. Yeah. It's kind of like a gradual connection over time, as opposed to just like, Hey, we're meeting in person for the first time and trying to create some type of connection. Obviously, if you're not comfortable with that, I, I feel very comfortable doing that. But I, for a lot of people that don't, this is a great way to definitely connect. And you've done, you're one of the most, uh, in the people have done the best job of building relationships. You know, when I look at your site, of all the people you've interviewed, was there like 1,300 people that you've interviewed of authors, entrepreneurs, executives, and celebrities since 2007? Is that right? It's crazy. I know. It's, it's like, uh, and I'm still going, you know, and, I'm, and it's one of the things, Lewis, it's like, Everything's a long-term strategy, right? It took yeah. me nine months to get Chelsea Handler, three and a half years to get Donald Trump. Um, you know, I'm wow. willing. I'm willing to wait, be patient. When people say no to me, that means you know, wait six months, wait a year, go again, and I keep going. Like um, I have Eric Schmidt coming up. I'm uh -huh. actually I'm interviewing him, and I'm actually seeing Colbert interview him. You know, a few days after I interview him, which is very interesting. And uh, but I've been working on trying to interview him for like a few years too. Crazy man. Who you know, you've interviewed all these different people, but that's not really like your business. Is you no. don't you don't want to be someone to interview someone. You're not like a show host. But why do you connect with people to interview them first um, for your business or for your your what you want to create in your business world? I think really at the the foundation, you know, obviously being interested in other people's works, and you know, a lot of these are self selected. It's not it's, to me, even though there's so many, it's still not random. There are a lot of people you can interview in the world. Um, for me, it's you know, how do I build such a network so when I'm taught, it's almost the reason why I feel like when I was first starting off, I had personal branding magazine, personal branding TV, I had an events business, I had like a, two blogs, I'm doing like a million things. Everything. And I think I'm, and a full-time job, and I think- And you were writing for a hundred publications, every, new, of, every news outlet you were writing for, right? Part of, part of my thought process is, 
you know, how do I do so many things? So if I'm in situations, I can connect and relate to everyone, every, mm. everyone's business. If you say, oh, oh, I know someone, I'm like, oh, I interviewed him or I know her. Like it just, it creates, it creates a situation where it enables me to, you know, build bridges faster. Yes. And bridges lead to sales and business and new opportunities. It's interesting you say that because I feel like I can relate to everyone. Anyone I meet, I feel like there's some thing I can find out about them where I'm like, okay, yeah, I can relate to that. Or I've done that before. Or I know someone who's done that. Or I know that person in that industry. It's because we do so many different things. And some people may say, you know, you spread yourself too thin, Dan, you're, you're doing too much. But I like how you said that there, uh, that you really can build a bridge with everyone and it generates more sales for you. And whenever someone asks me, you know, what do you do? And I'm sure you get this a lot, Dan. Uh. It's like, what do you do? What, you know, and it's really hard for me to say, but I love, I-, I love figuring out what they are up to first. Cause then I can respond with a bridge that connects what I have done or one of the 20 things that I'm doing to what they're doing. Exactly. Right. And do you do that too? So, yeah, if, so if, if you're working with an author who's a book author, you'll be like, well, I'm an author as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think relatability is interesting too. Um, you know, for me, it's, it's like everything connects. So the second I published this, the promote yourself and the first book was me 2.0, I realized what I had done and I, and I, it just hit me is that I really have this overall like vision, vision and mission in life that I can connect everything to. And really what it is, is I'm following my generation from college to CEO. So me 2.0, even though, you know, the folks on personal branding, et cetera, it's really a career book that helps you go from college to first job, promote yourself. It's really first job to management. And then eventually the next book is management to executive level. Mm. So in terms of overall mission, I do that. And then in order to help millennials do that, I have to speak at companies in order to help them improve their cultures and in, in, in management styles in order to appeal to these upcoming generations. So from a business standpoint, it's all for millennials as they grow because I'm a millennial. I'm growing with them. So I'm retaining the same audience so it's easier to sell. And then most of my sales come from B2B, but B2B, the objective is to help companies better work with these millennials so they become more successful, Mm. which connects to the main vision. Mm, I like that. Now, when you were starting out learning about personal branding and branding in general, you know, just as a a young, you just graduated college, you had your first job, uh, you started kind of doing all this stuff. What is it? Why were you so interested in personal branding? And what does it what does it actually mean? To What does a brand mean? Like, what's the definition of a brand mean to you? Great question. So for me, like a lot of this, as you can tell, has been pretty natural. It's not like I'm faking it or anything. And when I was starting off, you know, I kind of I knew it was going to be hard to graduate with a job in marketing even back then, and obviously it's harder now. And so I was like, oh, what can I do? And so like, even in, even, you know, I've been working since I was 13. I was creating personal websites when I was like in middle school. I had my first internship in high school. I started my first business in college. I had seven other internships in college. So like, I was like learning how to do this and how I would get these opportunities is I had a website, I had a business card. Um, you know, I became really good at like graphic design and web development back then. Obviously, I don't do that really anymore, but I, I specialized in certain things for a specific audience, and that was people in my neighborhood. Um, and from there, you know, I kind of learned a lot of skills 
platform, how do I present myself? I used to bring interviews, I would bring a CD portfolio, and it ages me to say that. I just actually just turned 31 on Sunday. Congrats. And uh, no one knows what, yeah, no one knows what uh, CDs are in, uh, who are young, you know, Gen Zers now. And, you know, I bring it and I just remember, and again, this was all testing. I didn't know what was going to work. But I would go into interviews, I'd be like, you know, here's a strategic portfolio to show that everything I'm talking about, I've actually done before, and here are case studies, and here's my business card, and the business card has my website. Um, so basically, the way in which I presented myself, without 100% knowing the reaction back, back then in early college years, um, was how I differentiated myself. No one else had done that. And they would say, oh, this CD is a keeper. And I was like, that was one of the first things that hit me. Like, I'm really onto something here. This is why I keep getting these internships. This is why, you know, everyone wants to like mentor me and support me is because they realize that I'm taking this seriously. Um, you know, I'm practicing marketing by doing it kind of for myself in a sense. Um, but it really wasn't until I tried to get a job when I graduated that branding hit me in a big way. Uh, this was the first of two, and then and then I'll tell you the other one. The first one was um, trying to get a job when I graduate. I, my resume is kind of it's like two pages. It's like eight there's eight internships, seven leadership positions on campus. My own business has so much stuff like um, that I, that I worked hard for, uh, but because I was afraid of networking, because I didn't have these online tools back then, um, I kind of avoided it, and it took me uh, eight months. But I started really early. Uh, to get a job when I graduated at EMC Corporation. I I met 15 people for three different positions and got one of the positions. And during that last interview, it kind of changed uh, my, my view of branding and the importance of it and personal branding is they were looking at my resume. I had internships at like Reebok and some of these a little bit more brand name companies. And then internships at companies you never heard of before. And the companies you've never heard of before I got so much experience with them. But at Reebok, if you're like a marketing intern, you're not doing any, it's all admin. I mean, right, I don't care right. what anyone says, it's nothing, right? You have to be like a manager in order to do work that is cool there. Um, that's just kind of retail, I guess. But but then, but they always, they looked at Reebok. They were scanning the resume. I could see their eyes land on Reebok and they're like, oh, you worked at Reebok. Mm. And to me, to me, that was like, wow. Brands matter. Brands open doors. Brands wow. create opportunities. And that was like the aha moment is like, wow, I got to pay. This is this something here. Right. Mm. And, and then and then I think what you see throughout my whole career, as you know, as you look at like my bio and everything that I put out, everything I do, every sentence is associated with some sort of brand. Everything. Why? Because if you don't know me or don't know or trust me, you know so one of these other brands. And mm. through the association of those brands, my my brand is more trusted, so you might want to work with me. Mm. That's the entire logic. That's why um, you know, I work with so many different companies, especially the Fortune 1000. I want to work with people you know, so it's easier for me to network and build upon all of that. And uh, you know, I'm so happy I, I worked at a Fortune 200 company when I first started because I can leverage that for the rest of my life. People don't understand the long-term play. Mm. I always, and Gary, you know, Vaynerchuk talks about this a lot. Like, I'm obsessed with this. You are too. It's like, I'll, let me do things today. I know they'll pay off in 10 years and I'm yeah. fine with that. Yeah. I don't care uh, because I know this is my trajectory for till I can't like move anymore. And so, you know, I'll make the investment day in and day out. I'll do things that might not be smart. I don't, uh, let me just do it. And I, and I always want to be doing like every, I want to have like a portfolio of things that I really enjoy so I don't get bored, A. Right. So if I only do one thing, I'm bored, hands down. Um, and 
And because everything I do sort of relates to everything. It's not like random. It's not like I have a car blog, you know, even though I, I like cars, I, I don't have that. Everything is interconnected. So personal branding and workplace trends and generations, everything is, is really connected. It, it, and so everything I do, in a sense, supports everything else I do. And, and really, the other thing that, that was huge was when I, when I started the blog in 2006, then turned into, it's called Driven to Succeed. That was the first version. And then personal branding blog after I read Tom Peters' Brand Called You article. And, you know, that's that article for the cover that, that changed Fast Company magazine's trajectory. And now it's like, you know, they have 800,000 print subscribers. I mean, it's huge. Wow. Um, and the article said you have to be the chief marketing officer for the brand called you. At the end of the day, you know, success lies in your hands. You have to be the CEO of Me, Inc. And then there's one other part of the article that stood out to me probably more than most people. The smartest people, he said, are the ones that create a unique position in their companies. And what's crazy is that hit me and um, almost accidentally, basically building the blog, doing, you know, I had a magazine, I blogged 10, 12 times a week, I did a million things. I had a Six Sigma project. I was working over 100 hours a week. Uh, I used to call my my apartment like the cave. I didn't see my friends. Like I was, that was, I was locked in writing the book. Like there's so much going on. And, and so. Perfect, for, perfect for an introvert. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and and so like after six months of all the work, um, Fast Company profiled me and it was actually 10 years to the day when Tom Peters' article originally came out. And the article basically showed that I was doing all this out of outside of work, like kind of building my personal brand by doing all this stuff around personal branding. And then PR got wind of it because it mentioned that I worked at EMC. They sent it to a vice president, and I got to co-create the first social media position potentially ever in a Fortune 200 company. I, rem I remember this. Maybe there's a few others, but it was this is 2007. This is way – we're in 2014. I remember you and getting so this gig. Yeah. I've recently joined the world of home ownership. And one thing I've learned is that there's so much more freedom with what I can do with my home, but also so many more decisions to make. Figuring out where to start on big projects like a complete room makeover can be overwhelming. But with Crate & Barrel's free interior design service, a design pro can provide design and styling help for projects big or small. Whether you're redesigning your living room, choosing a new dining room table and chairs, or even just styling a bookshelf. Work one-on-one -on -one with a design pro who will work Work with existing furnishings and help you choose new ones. Get 2D layouts and even 3D renderings so you can actually see your space to help you decide. Did I mention it's free? Yes. Having fun exploring the possibilities of what you can redesign or have the design desk help. Go to CrateAndBarrel.com or your local store to make an appointment with the Crate and Barrel Design Desk. My career not only requires me to travel, but also gives me the freedom to. Traveling has brought me so many positive experiences and memories. Like that time I spent the holidays at an Airbnb in Big Bear with some of my extended family, and it was the perfect way to come together and connect with my family that I don't see that often. And if you have a similar setup that allows you to travel often, have you ever thought about your empty home while you're gone? More specifically, how you can make some extra money by keeping your home occupied while you're out of town. I'm a big advocate for setting up a side hustle to give Give you an extra stream of income and airbnb hosting is an easy place to start many people host on airbnb including some friends of mine but there are some people out there who've never even realized their space could be an airbnb hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money so if you have a home but you're not always at home you've got yourself an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com host
When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. In person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And when I got the gig, my it, here's the transformation. It went from, you know, hey, you know, Jason, who was my boss before I got that new, the, my second boss at EMC. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, what do you need me to do today? Two, you know, Dan, we're working on this project. Uh, you know, how can we use social media to make this cooler or better? And I'm like, wow, this is transformational because now I'm the expert in my company. I fulfilled sort of everything that Tom Peters had talked about. And I became my own kind of case study and improved everything that I was doing. And it was just like this really, really cool moment because, I mean, literally, my boss, when he, when he saw, my second boss at EMC, when he saw that article in Fast Company that was like, it was like flying around the company, uh, and this is a 45,000 uh, person company worldwide, and, and he, got, he literally cried at work because it was my, my hobby. It wasn't like, I wasn't really thinking that this was going to turn into a, a huge business or anything like that. And he got it. He like could not believe and and to to like when you're first starting out a company to even have a meeting where the vice a vice president you know calls you in at a company like that it's like ridiculous mm. and so I got to create my own position they didn't even have the job description for it in, in the system it ha it actually had to say PR specialist because it was so new that they didn't even know what to do with it right um, so I was in the early days of corporate social media which was interesting and then you know I kept building sacrificing nights and weekends and working and working and growing and. And, uh, you know, the, obviously getting that new position inspired Me 2.0, the first book, hustled for it, as you know, uh, rejected by 70 out of 70 agents and two publishers, got it on my own, um, which is probably like impossible to do now. I mean, that, that publisher doesn't even publish anymore. And, and then, you know, I listened to David Meerman Scott, who said, you know, the publishers aren't going to do anything for you. You're on your own. You make it happen. You do the whole marketing. And uh, I did the whole program for that. And that, it, you know, you can compare that to today's book launch and that book launch was seen by more people because it was less noise. Yeah. So like literally people know me for that book over the new book, even though this one had so much more firepower under it. The other one, it, it was much easier to break through back then. You got, I was on Mashable. They did a book review on Mashable and like people saw that. Like now there's, they publish like 400 articles a day on Mashable. Right. They won't see and, it. Yeah. And then for the second book, as you know, the story, three and a half years fired two agents, hired four consultants, three book proposals, barely got it. Um, you know, I always felt like the underdog, to be honest. I mean, clearly. And, um, you know, I kept following. I created this huge marketing plan. I just worked so hard. I did the campaign from December 2012. Uh, book came out September uh, 3rd uh, of last year. Marketed the heck out of this thing. Uh, you know, asked for all the favors as we talk about, like helping out everyone and then getting help. Um, and, uh, you know, what's crazy is part, I got the book deal for two other reasons, which, are, which I typically forget to talk about is one is I wanted to challenge myself. I had never done primary research before. It was always secondary. So I was like, I got to get a company to sponsor this. So I pitched 120 companies, 119 said no. American Express said yes. 
So wow. I got that. And then that was right. And I was like, I was like dying because my agent was like, Dan, you're going to get this sponsored because it was December and he wanted to go out with it like January 2nd to publishers. I'm like, all right, don't believe me. I'll get this. I'll get this. And I got it. And like, it was so ridiculous when I got it. It was amazing. Wow. And then, and then I actually had this other uh, study that I had launched that I was launching in January too. And this was like my first foray. I mean, the, the Amex study didn't come out until last year, but this was my first study that comes out. And I like invest completely in this thing. It, it was my second biggest launch to date, you know, 71 national media outlets. It was so big. It basically went viral. And then, and then the publisher basically, you know, so it was, you know, all the publishers dropped out and it was just St. Martin's and they were like, oh, we kind of like this, but we're not a hundred percent sure. And then bam, the, be, be, even with the Amex sponsoring and everything, and then boom, the, 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 basically I do that huge launch. And then the, the publisher's like, okay, we, we trust him. He can sell this thing. And it was like ridiculous, the timing of all of that, like happening together. Wow. Like if I got rejected this time around, like, and had to do like another year of trying to get a, I would have died, but <laughs> it happened. And then it's still like, I'm sort of being fat against because it's, it's a paperback. And then I just hustle like crazy un like unbelievable amounts of hours. I put into this thing. Uh, my database, you should see my database of like people I had to contact, like hundred, like thousands maybe. Uh, I pitched 650 media outlets for this thing. Wow. Um, and, and, and so the book comes out and I also got Ernst & Young to sponsor my book launch and that I got rejected for another like 80 companies to do that. And so like they sponsored that. And so now I have like Amex or EY. Now I'm feeling a little bit, a little bit better. Um, and then the book comes out. And I sell like 6,500 copies the first week. And then the results come in the week. Oh, so basically the second week was when my book launch happened in New York. And then the results came out the next day, New York Times, Wall Street Journalist, right? Wow. I didn't pay anyone off. I did the whole thing on my own. And then I turned 30. It was the most ridiculous wow. week ever. <laughs> Congrats, man. Thanks. <laughs> That's awesome. And you know, you definitely wouldn't have been able to do that without putting the time, the energy on building your brand and your credibility, creating all this content, all this information for years since 2006. There's no way that would have just happened um, if you wanted to do a book and just start selling it. All those things happen because you put in the hours, you put in the work, the connections, the relationship, and you gave and gave and gave. That's what I took away from that, that story you just shared. And, you know, I wanted to talk about, I wanted to keep diving into this, this branding topic because I'm seeing the value of having a, my own brand grow and grow and the opportunities that come my way. You know, you mentioned once you have this brand, these opportunities start coming your way and you would never would have got the book deal if you didn't have the brand. You never would have got the position at the, the job if you didn't have the brand, all those different things. And, you know, I remember, you remember the, uh, the details magazine shoot we did? Oh my God, that was hilarious with Seth Godin and he wouldn't do He wouldn't hold one of the microphones. That's yeah. what I remember most about it. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, that but was what, pretty badass. That's <laughs> like, I'm so successful that I'm not doing I'm, what you I'm tell me my to own do. Rules. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> so just recap what happened. You know, we're in the middle of Times Square and um, it's 2009, right? 2009. Uh, yeah, two, it's December 2009. December 2009. And I'll, I'll tell the whole story. I remember getting an email from, I think his name was Simon. Yep, that's it. And I remember getting an email from him saying, hey, Lewis, I'm doing a feature in Details Magazine. Um, and I, 
uh, Tim Ferriss. We're going to be featuring Tim Ferriss, Gary Vaynerchuk, Seth Godin, Dan Bell, and I want to feature you as well. And I remember being like, and I just started and kind of like, I, I think I wrote my, when did I write my LinkedIn book? Uh, I think it was 2009, I guess, uh, like earlier that year. But I remember just kind of like getting into the space and really not doing that much. Like I literally just got in like a year prior to like creating anything and um, was pretty much faking it until I made it with everything, just creating content, adding value, going to events, creating events, doing a lot of the stuff that you talked about, Dan. But I remember being like, I'm not really that well of a known of a name. I haven't really done anything. I'm still not really making any money. Um, I haven't built a business yet, but I'm, I'm creating. And I remember getting this email and being like, yes, whatever you need, let me know. I'm happy to do the interview. I'm happy to be out in New York. And so we do the interview. We go out to New York. We do the thing. I'll talk about that in a second. But afterwards, I just emailed him. I didn't want to jinx it before. So after the thing ran, I just said, hey, thanks so much for the you know interviewing me and including me in the magazine. It's great. It was like this two-page spread of us. And um, I said, by the way, how did you hear about me in the first place? And he goes, someone influential that I follow, I forget who it is now, retweeted one of your posts. And uh, I went to your website, and you had a great-looking site. Your brand looks so quality. And I noticed that um, Inc. and Fast Company and Fox Business and mm. Entrepreneur Magazine had featured you and I because I saw the logos on the top of your site, right? And he said, because of that, I realized that you'd be good enough for Details Magazine because your brand was quality enough and because these other people had already featured you. So it was trustworthy for me enough to to want to interview you. And, you know, it was something along those lines. I'm just kind of re, re, regurgitating what I remember. But... I remember at that point realizing, holy crap, the power of building your personal brand and doing exactly what you just said. And this may seem simple, um, or may, you may think it doesn't make any sense or it doesn't really work by having these the credibility on your website of where you've been featured, of who is talking about you. You know, Dan has a great example. If you go to danshawbell.com, check out his about page. It's like all the places he's been featured every media that says something about him like how he's the, the guru in every space like all the top names you see them talking about him and uh you know that gives him credibility it gives him a lot of equity for what he's created so that's that's where i really saw the value to this and i know you've interviewed grant cardone right yeah he's great he's very obviously very good at this too yeah he is amazing at it and i remember asking him a question i said you know if there's one thing that you could do if you could go back to when you were like you know 25 or 30 again so I think he's in his late 40s or maybe early 50s even. I'm not even sure. Um, I was like, what would you do differently? He was like, I would invest more in my brand. He was like, I would spend as much money on my brand as possible. And I was just like, that's a really interesting concept because I really see the value of like having a powerful brand. You can leverage it at any time, right? Decisions that that I've made earlier on, I think I think myself. So like a lot of people are like, you know, I get asked a lot of questions and I'm always like, I am so thankful that I put the work in earlier on all those hours, all of that, because it's not that my life's easier now. It's that I have more opportunities. So if something goes wrong, you know, I'm not as stressed out, you know, it, it creates a foundation where, you know, opportunities are created for you in more of a, a pull rather than a push, meaning that, you know, I find it a little bit less of me saying, hey, let's do this and more of like people coming to me asking for my advice. And so you know, the only way to do that is obviously to build and build and build and it takes time. And most people aren't willing to put the time in, but uh, 
basically what I think a career is, a, you know, accumulation of the decisions you make on a daily basis, mm. right? And so everything accumulates. Um, you know, the example I like to give is I'm still getting traffic from a Mashable article I wrote back in 2008. No way. Yeah. Jeez. And, and that's the point is like the more you do, the more, you know, effort you put in, uh, the more, uh, the more you set yourself up for being lucky. So like, mm. you know, position yourself so you have a shot at being lucky. You know, me, you know, I have a shot now, other crazy things happening because I've done enough. My body of work uh, kind of speaks for itself at this point. But again, my life is still not, it's not going to be easy now because right. I want, I want to keep upping my game. And to do that, it's going to be, it's going to be that much harder. So like, I don't think I'm guaranteed another book. Like I don't, who knows what's how things are going to play out. Right. Um, the only thing is, is that, um, now I have more experience in other areas. I'm learning, I'm meeting even more people. I'm kind of challenging myself. And I think that's where everyone should kind of be in a position for. It's like, you don't want to get bored. You don't want to be replaceable. You have to keep on re this is the tough part. And we just talked about it. Like you have to reinvent yourself. Like yeah. I have to keep on, I can't be the personal branding guy for life. I can't be the gen Y workplace guy for life. Sure. I have to keep reinventing myself so that I stay relevant to the marketplace and people want to keep hiring me. Yeah. It's interesting. We were talking about this before we, we started the interview is that, you know, we're always thinking a, a couple of years ahead, even though we may not be creating or working for the goal we want to have in two or three years, it's like we're thinking about it. We're creating the relationships that could support that when it comes. And I'll give you an example uh, really quickly about, about my experience is, you know, I was creating all these social media courses for a long time. And I really realized after about four years, it done a lot for my business. My brand blew up because of it. You know, I was generating millions in sales every year for the, for our company. And it was awesome. But then there was a point where I was like, I don't really feel like talking about this anymore. And it's not what I'm excited about. And I was like, okay, I need to reposition myself. And it was kind of scary because I've been known as like this LinkedIn guy for a while and then the webinar guy. And I was like, man, but what am I really excited about? What am I really passionate about? And it's, it's, it's connecting with inspiring people and sharing their message. And so that's where the school of greatness came about. And I've been able to evolve into kind of reinventing that. But, um, you know, without that brand in the first place, without creating that brand in the first place, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it as easily. But talking like what you said, like really setting yourself up to get lucky and uh, to have that equity that you can turn it on whenever for a new product or whatever it may be. Now, what are some things, you know, whether you have a job, you're an entrepreneur, you want to get a new job, you want to start something on your own on the side, what are some things that you say would, would be necessary for people to really start the foundation for building a powerful brand in today. Not five years ago, but like right now and knowing what's going to be happening in the next few years, what are some things that someone that anyone could do in any position to set themselves up for success for two years down the line, five years down the line, because they're building their brand now? Yeah. So I think it comes back to pitching, finding a niche, uh, audience to serve and, and a specific expertise that you think is going to become more valuable. For me, I knew personal branding, especially using social networks, was going to become more important because more and more people are going to use social networks every year right. and it's going to be harder to stand out. And so like, it's almost like, you know, again, like you have to think like an entrepreneur, like how do you fit in the marketplace? What are your strengths? Um, what audience is underserved? How can you serve them? 
And, uh, you know, the aftermath of doing all of that is you get what I call personal brand statements. So like, what are you an expert at and what audience do you serve? Um, and so like knowing your audience is really, really important. And, uh, you know, choosing the right level of expertise is good. And you can always become better at something. So like for me, it's not like, you know, I randomly became an expert at, at uh, you know, millennials or personal branding or anything like that. It's constant effort to learn as much as possible, to network with the right people, to read the right books, to um, do the right research, to read other people's research. Like it's a, it's a process. And actually my process in the morning uh, works pretty well. Basically what I do is I carve out, you know, an hour in the morning when I wake up and I review all my, and I still do it, RSS feeds. So I see, you know, what's, you know, what's going on in my world. That's what I tell myself in the morning. What is going on in my world? I look at all the articles, you know, I read the best articles. I, you know, bookmark those articles. And now whenever I'm on a call, whatever I'm doing throughout the day, I'm that much more relevant and smarter. Mm. That's interesting. Cause I, I actually don't look at the news ever. And maybe it's something I should do. Like people were talking about the Ray Rice incident recently. And I was like, I thought that was six months ago, but I guess it resurfaced. And then I started watching like videos of it. And then they were talking about the celebrities that all got hacked and their like nude photos or something. And I was like, I had no clue this was happening. And for me, uh, I see the value of having like your pole, your, your finger on the pulse and knowing what's happening. But I also don't like to get too distracted and I like to stay focused for what I'm up to, but it sounds like you've got a pretty good sense of it where you just check it briefly in the morning and then you go and create the rest of the day as opposed to be enamored by it. Right. Exactly. So it's, it's basically set because my whole business is based on relevancy true, and, yeah. and, and reading and research and all of this. And so, so it's if, I want to to yeah. if I want to sustain a good value proposition to my audience, uh, the secret is to make reading and learning part of every single day of my life. It's right. the only way I'm going to be able to pull this off uh, and to be taken seriously. And I think everything, again, accumulates. So, like, let's say I'm, you know, on TV and CBC. I can not only just talk about the study that just came out that I worked on, but I can be like, oh, and this compares to what I've done, seen in the past. And, like, I can build a better story. Uh, it's like I just did a study on Gen Z globally. It's like I, I can now teach millennials how to manage Gen Z. Like I can make, I can do a lot more because I'm putting all of these pieces together mm. and it just reiterates, you know, uh, my expertise. I'm allowed sure. to position myself like next year. You're going to, you're going to just see it's, you know, I'm going to go probably focus more on workplace trends and, uh, I wouldn't be able to focus on workplace trends, really, unless I had all of these other niches accounted for. That gives me credibility to to, to speak at the higher level now. Right. So it's it's a it's a long journey. Um, for me, I like that I've done a lot of the consulting and the research and all this stuff over the past few years because now, you know, when I when I create a scalable model, um, I already have everything. Right. Right. You know, right. and and it's going to already be taken seriously, and I have the connections and the media, and I have the corporate people who are interested. Like I have everything there but i wouldn't have it there if i didn't have all of this journey accounted for over the past eight plus years mm. what about someone coming out of a college right now do you feel like what are some things that they should really be focusing on i guess because from what i remember in college i didn't learn anything about how to build a business even if i was in business classes 
and I didn't learn anything about how to get a job. So let's focus more on someone who wants to kind of like start their own thing. Maybe they want to create and get a job to get some skills to then eventually start their own thing. What's something that they should be focusing on? What's something you think they really need to do that they don't teach you in school? Uh, that's a great question. So as you know, and I'm sure we're on the same page, the education system is <laughs> not what it should be. Yeah. And you know, it's not like we're the only people complaining about it. I've done like research on it and it's too many, $1.2 trillion in student loan debt. Wow. Um, you know, 40% of millennials are unemployed when they graduate. Uh, there's just so many problems, you know, 21 million uh, graduates are living with their parents when they graduate. 21 million? 21 million. Yeah, it's a huge, there's so many problems right now. And mainly what it comes down to is this skills gap. So what's really interesting is you have three people competing for every job in America right now, but there's 4.7 million uh, job openings. And that skills gap has been consistent over the past two months and it's widened over the past four months. Uh, and really the opportunity is in STEM, so science, um, technology, engineering, math, uh, and basically the schools, they keep pumping out these liberal arts majors <laughs> who graduate into not having jobs. We did a study on this that that kind of, it didn't, it should have gone viral, but I mean, it was, uh, did well. And it, we found that only 2% of companies nationwide are hiring liberal arts majors. They want business majors, they want engineering majors. They just, it's just not, the education system is not matched up and aligned to corporate America right now and where the opportunities are. And that's truly why it's broken. Mm. And I'm not saying, you know, you shouldn't take writing in college. I think you should. But I think that there needs to be some sort of business component or entrepreneur component uh, or technical component or something to every major that you select. You has mm. to be like that uh, because otherwise companies are hurting. They can't fill those positions. And so they're less effective and then students are unemployed and, I, and it's just the whole thing's a mess because corporations and the education system are not aligned like they should. And they can fix this. The problem is that the school system is so political. It's more political than any company you could ever want to work for. It's, I sell into schools sometimes too and it's so hard. Um, and But if you got like the dean of a school together with or the head of, you know, the cur curriculum for a school together with like the head of HR at a company or the companies that recruited that school and then you can you connect them both together then you can create a, a, a cooperative uh, you know class or curriculum that's going to help everyone and it's going to be good for the companies because the company is going to help their pipeline it's going to be good for the schools because their graduates are going to get jobs it's going to be good for the students because obviously they get jobs Mm. But but to make that happen, sadly, it sounds obvious, right? It sounds, oh, wow, that makes sense. But then to make it happen is hard because of the politics, and it's too bad. Mm. Interesting, yeah. Well, I want to get a couple more questions in before we wrap it up. One of them is what individuals and companies do you believe have the best brands out there right now that are just really impressed with? So maybe a few individuals and then also a couple of brands. Okay, so let's see. That's a great question. And and why? Uh, why do you think they? Have no, the best I brands? think you know who I like, and you like him too. Uh, we're we're part of similar networks. James Altucher. I mm. think he's his. Probably, I listen to him every day. I mean, I always listen to him. Why? It's because I know it's unfiltered. I know I'm get, I know he's had unlimited experiences. I know I'm getting the most unfiltered things. 
that you could possibly get. I mean, he's like, sometimes he has his wife on there and I'm always nervous that he's going to say something that's going to upset her on, uh, on the show. It's really funny. <laughs> uh, but no, I think he's like, he's a rock star. I mean, he's built an incredible following. He sold 200,000 copies of his last book. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's very impressive, especially in this climate, this uh, economy. Uh, so I think he's great. Um, obviously, like, you know, Tim Ferriss is, is, is cool. I like, you know, Ryan Holiday. We have like a lot of, you know, mutual connections, of sure. course. Um, I think for brands, um, what, before, America, you, before you go on the brands, what is it that those three have in common or those four have in common? Uh, in not afraid. They're not afraid. Mm. Yeah. They're going to just, they're going to tell you what, not what you want to hear always, but what is important to hear from their research and perspectives. Uh, I mean, you know, take Ryan Holiday's book. I mean, it, he's basically pulling up the cord curtain in media. Like some people know what's going on, but he's actually telling the world, hey, this is actually what's going on. For instance, mm -hmm. for for Tim Ferriss, he's like, you know, a lot of you get a lot of this like health information and career advice. Well, I want I want you to maybe think of things differently. And here's why. And here's some examples. Mm, OK, I like that. Um, and the brand side of things. And the brands, um, you know, I think what, what Zappos is doing, and I know you hear this so many times, it's kind of annoying to even say it, but what they're, they're doing two things that are really interesting. I'm not just saying it for the, the typical things that they do with social networks. I'm saying because what they're doing is there's, you know, obviously they're known for corporate culture, which is really important for the younger generations. But to take that a step further, you, you can't really apply for a job. You have to be part of their social, like, uh, community. And then if you show interest through that community, then you, you might get selected for an interview. That's interesting to me, right? I don't know how scalable it is, but it's interesting because it's like, let's hire for personality fit. And in my research, the number one thing that, that companies are hiring for now is cultural fit. And then the number one thing, so it, this is, you'll find this interesting. So for college recruiters looking to hire, uh, you know, graduates, recent graduates, the number one thing they look for is attitude. For managers who are looking to promote uh, people uh, in their organization, the number, I think it's number two thing that they look for is positive attitude, mm. right? It's crazy, but that just shows the importance of hiring for cultural fit, you know, wow. following the personalities because if they get along with the team, if they, they network with everyone, then, you know, great things will happen. And so that, that to me is, is great because a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just apply for 1,400 jobs and hopefully someone says yes, right? Mm. Um, I'm more about, okay, you can apply for like 400 jobs if you want, but make them the jobs that you'd actually want to want to have in the companies you're interested in. Right. Because otherwise, you're competing against people who really want the jobs and you have no shot. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Interesting. Last couple questions. One is, what are you most grateful for recently? Okay. Um, I think I'm grateful for the fact that I'm able to live in New York, <laughs> to be honest. I never thought I'd ever end up here. And just to like, just to kind of be here, like everyone always complains about their rent and like how, how like if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. It's kind of cool that, um, you know, I'm able to live here. And the other thing that I think is really awesome is, you know, like when you're growing up, like, I don't know if it's for you, but my parents paid for a lot. Like if I, we weren't out to dinner, like I'm not like making money, like when sure. I'm really, really young, right? And my parents would pay and whatever. And now I don't let them pay for anything. And I think that's awesome. You don't have to pay for anything? No, I don't let them pay for oh, anything. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So it's don't... almost like, it's like a cycle. It's like, okay, sure. it's almost like my, and they kind of get, they still want to pay for things, but I'm like, 
you know, it's almost like my thanks mom and dad for kind of investing me forever. And now it's my turn almost. Right. And and that's kind of cool. Like, you know, we talked to Ramit. Ramit like takes, you know, parents on like these epic trips. Uh, and, and I think that's really cool is that it's got like returning the favor, you know, working really hard and then returning the favor. Mm, yeah, I like that. Awesome. Well, I want everyone to go. And before we do the last question, I want everyone to make sure to check out danshawbell.com, personalbrandingblog.com, and also the book, Promote Yourself, The New Rules for Career Success. Uh, but Dan's just got a lot of great content and information in general. So just make sure to follow him, check out his information and, uh, check out the book. If you're looking to get a new career and learn about branding and, and yourself inside the, uh, the, the workforce, uh, the final question of the podcast is what is your definition of greatness? Uh, you know, being the best of what you do for a specific audience. And that connects back to, you know, personal branding and, and kind of my way of thinking of, you know, the world is if you're going to choose something, try and be the best at it. Because if you don't, you kind of get the scraps, you know, it's, it becomes really hard to compete. Mm, I love it. Dan Bell, Thanks so much for coming on, my man. I appreciate you. Nope. No problem. I, I appreciate you as well. Thanks. There it is. Greats. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did make sure to go head back to the show notes over at lewishouse.com slash nine six lewishouse.com slash nine six to get all of the notes the links where you can uh, find dan his websites his books all those different things back at lewishouse.com slash 96 if you enjoyed this episode please leave a review over on itunes and leave a comment over on the blog share it with a friend and i would love to connect with you guys so Share with a friend, post a picture on Instagram, let me know where you're listening to this. Again, reach out to me in the way that you feel works best for you, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever it may be. I want to hear, I want to see where you guys are listening to the show and uh, see what you're up to. So thank you guys so much for being amazing listeners, for diving in. And we've got some big, big guests coming on in the next couple weeks, some huge, awesome interviews that I am I am pumped. I was, I was, I'm so pumped because it's those interviews where I was like, man, I just want to go longer and longer and longer because I didn't know how to cut it off. They were so entertaining and inspiring and yes, juicy stuff coming ahead. So thank you guys so much. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and not a yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.